This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Tonight, before one of my favorite days of the year. We'll talk about it next on ESPN New York Tonight. Chilling with you at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Along with Jake the Snake and Brian the Brain, we're here until midnight. Then it's Thanksgiving Day with Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Gordon. Larry, what's going on, my friend? Oh, the smells in the kitchen, Gordon, the preparation. Starting, right? It's starting. Oh, there's one tradition I'd like to get rid of, though. What's that? Uh, Bears, Lions. Oh, Lions, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, Lions, for sure. I mean, I'm they, done. They could not have picked a worse team. You know, at least when, you know, years ago, 20 years ago, at least you'd have Barry Sanders, who yeah. you had to watch, right? Even exactly. as bad as the Lions were, he was, he was appointment television. Jared Goff. Tim Boyle, I mean, it doesn't really matter who's starting at quarterback. And the Bears are not as big a mess, but they're not far off. So, yeah, that one's, that one's going to be a, a snooze fest tomorrow. I mean, he, and, and listen, if you're a Detroit and Chicago fan, I apologize to you, but I'm not. And, here, no. and here's the thing. Gordon, our teams get knocked off? You, <laughs> when's the last time the Jets had, had a Monday night game previously to this year? They don't put them on Monday night. They don't put them on Thanksgiving night because they're not good. So why do I have to sit and what? Now, listen, thank you for putting it on early because we get it out of the way. Thank you for putting it on while we're driving to grandma's house for Thanksgiving Day. That is the one benefit. You know, thank you for, you know, for guys. It's like, honey, can I help you do something before the real games comes on at four o'clock? You know, so that's the best part of it. but, But why do that? Just get rid of them. Put them on a rotating basis. It's okay. I don't have, believe me, I don't have to see Detroit tomorrow. I'm good. You're apologizing to Bears and Lions fans. They don't want to watch them tomorrow either. (laughs) Think about every Thanksgiving, your Thanksgiving being ruined, ruined, (laughs) and and ruined at like 1230 in the afternoon, like right out of the box. Like, every year, the Dolphins play the Jets right around my birthday, right? Like, Mm -hmm. somewhere around this time. And my wife knows, at least when the Dolphins used to be good, that, you know, they lose that game. I'm going to be in a bad mood that day. Right. Imagine it's Thanksgiving, and it's ruined every year for the Lions. Oh, it's terrible. Every year. Every year. And it's so early, you haven't even had the chance to eat and go to sleep. No, you, and they'll put watching. you to sleep. It's not the tryptophan. It's not no. the turkey. It's not. It's not the yams. It's not the stuffing. It's the lions. They'll put you to sleep right away. So, um, other than that, I'm looking forward to tomorrow, Gordon. I really am. I, you know, it's one of these families coming by. You know, and I think too, it's a little different this year, Gordon, because we can expand the family a little bit. COVID's exactly. on the way down, so right. it's, it's you know, it's it's better. It's so. It's really nice to get to see some more family members again. So this, I'm looking forward to it tomorrow. Yeah, it's a good day. It's always a good day. And, uh, you know, the football notwithstanding, uh, I usually have my general contributions, which is to, you know, check out things. I'm the official taste tester. You know, make sure things are coming along. I'll tell a joke when company comes over, and it's right back to football. So it's a, it's a jam-packed <laughs> day. 
Uh, and we all, you, know, you all give based on what you're capable of doing. Some people are capable of cooking or baking. Mm-hmm. Other, others of us know to stay out of the way. And, you know, it's good to know your role. Exactly. Always know your role. <laughs> Always know your role. It's good to know. It's good to know what you're good at and what you're not good at. And stay out of the way. It's a good thing. It's a good rule to live by, Gordon. <laughs> it is. It is, Larry. So, uh, for the Rangers and Islanders fans, that was an interesting game. I got to oh. tell you, though, Gordon, there's got to be something. And I don't want to pick on the NHL because I think they do a decent job. You know, they I thought they were ahead of the curve, actually, with COVID last year, right. the way they handled it. But to have seven guys out with COVID and then three down because of injury, could you give the others a break and cancel the game? You already had them on the road 13 days, 13 straight games. Yeah, it's, I mean, you, that's you t- tough. This is usually one of those games and that rivalry where you throw the records out, and, and usually it's a it's a good game or it can be a surprising result. Uh, this was not surprising at all. Rangers Mm-mm. have been great to start the season. They were great tonight. Islanders, a brutal start to the season. They were brutal tonight, and the Rangers kind of embarrassed them, and then kind of the Ra- the Islanders kind of embarrassed themselves with those fights at the end of the game. I, I thought we were going to have a 20-minute show because the game was dragging on so long. But, uh, yeah, rough start. You know, after the last two years for the Islanders getting so close, yeah, it's hard to get back that third year, man. It is. And, and it just seems like this year might just be um, – it's long, long season, I know, but it just seems like this is not the – this is not going to be their year. I, I really – and I'm, I'm sure you can nitpick because we do it as Nick fans too, right, Gordon? Even with wins, you nitpick. But I don't know how, as a Ranger fan, you're nitpicking anything tonight. Goaltending was superb. Scored on the power play. You had some. You you had some 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 you know some goals. They scored two one. They cut it. And you responded with two more goals. I mean, you got to be pretty happy if you're a Ranger fan right now. Rangers like that new building. It was like they were walking in. They <laughs> really? were the king of the castle. Hey, this place is not. I like this place. This place is fantastic. Yeah, they had nothing but a good time tonight. They did. So they win four one. So. Uh, you know, they'll rematch again over the – you know, that's how they do. They'll play again. And Don LaGreca had fun yelling, scoring goals here tonight. He had a ball. They were I coming fast him out a couple furious, oh, right? Oh, yeah, he had, a, he had a good night tonight. So, Don, as you're listening on your way home, great job, buddy. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY98 underscore 7 at Gordon Damer. When we return, we'll hear from Dan Olofsky talking about <laughs> Jason Garrett's old job. Zach Wilson spoke today, Gordon. Zach Wilson spoke. Who? Oh, that Zach, that's you remember right. him? Yeah, second I remember round, him, second sure. second pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, yeah. I remember mm-hmm. that guy. And we'll kind of talk some Thanksgiving football, not Chicago, Detroit, but the other games. We'll do that next. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is ESPN New York tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Well, it's time that we talk a little football. Jets are in action this weekend. Giants with a new offensive coordinator. And we'll preview Thursday football. And we'll do so with you at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7 FM. And Gordon, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Zach Wilson is going to bring to the table. There was a stat that Samini had in his article today that was was kind of amazing when you when, when we're talking about the New York Jets. In the four games since Zach Wilson's injuries, the Jets have averaged 436 yards per game. That leads to the NFL. Yeah, That's I saw almost, an, unbelievable. I, I saw another stat that they're the second, seventh most 
uh, I think it was the most, seventh most effective offense when Zach Wilson is not playing. That's not that's great. Not good. No, that's not great. That's <laughs> not, and you know what? I, I can't remember where I read it today, but it was a good point. And it was that one of the reasons for the optimism with Zach Wilson and LaFleur coming in was that that system, the LaFleur system, is supposed to be quarterback friendly. Mm-hmm. Like you're throwing to, to, to windows, you're throwing to spots. So it, mm-hmm. it allows wide receivers to get open. And if those, if those windows aren't open, then you check down. And it's a very quarterback friendly system. So even though he might have played a different style in, in college, he, it should be the type of thing that he should be able to adjust to in the pros pretty quickly. And that has not been the case. So that might that, that's another sign that's that's not great. Now they do come he comes back at the perfect time. Like you could not you know like they fire the manager right before <laughs> yeah. you go up against the last place team. Exactly. They're not going to get a better opportunity than this Houston Texans team, but uh yeah, I mean like Zach Wilson has got to show that his time away provided him some clarity and uh, he's going to be able to run this offense more effectively than he did when he was here the first time. I do think another thing that helps him, that will help him, Gordon, potentially, is the fact that LaFleur's gotten comfortable, right? He kind of figured out now he's he's kind of grown in his role as an offensive coordinator from being upstairs. So I think that that's going to help Zach Wilson and LaFleur as well. You would hope so. Uh, and we've seen some of the – now it's it's a shame that Michael Carter's going to be lost here for the next yeah. couple of weeks because it's, he seemed like he was really hitting his stride. But – um, you know, between Ty Johnson, who's done some things, had a, a good performance that night uh, against the, the Colts, I think it was, scored a touchdown there, has shown the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. And that's what Wilson has got to do. If those, if those windows for his wide receivers are not there, they're closed off, and then he's got to be able to check the ball down and, and, and find the backs out of the backfield. That's what Mike White did very well. Uh, I think that's what Josh Johnson did pretty well when he was in there, even though it was mop-up duty. So, uh, yeah, it's been nice to see some of the other talent kind of find its way without Zach Wilson. And now it's a question of, can it still look that way with Zach Wilson? You know, if Zach Wilson goes out there and Elijah Moore is held to like three catches for 25 yards, I feel like that's more on Zach Wilson than it's on Elijah Moore because Elijah Moore has started to really show you something here these last few weeks. He definitely has. He definitely has. Zach Wilson was asked, will your time off allow you to play more boring? I mean, it's interesting, I guess, way that you, you put it, because in my mind, it's not boring football. It's just it's kind of like what I just said earlier. How can I put my team in the best decision of, of every single play? You know, what's the best decision for my team? You know, stats don't matter, even necessarily going for the big play. You know, what's the highest percentage play that's going to put us in the best situation? You know, maybe it's second and 10, and, you know, somebody gets beaten, and, and I got a dirt ball at somebody's feet. You know, that was the best play to put us in a third and 10 rather than taking a sack or forcing a ball up. And so that mindset of just those big plays need to be there when they're giving us those big plays. And so my mindset needs to be you know make them pay once they give it to us but if they don't I wouldn't call it boring football just play football the way it should be played you know make the decisions that they're giving you you know they're not giving us the one down the field so understand what we're calling the play for and be able to get the ball to your playmakers underneath and you know coach Saul had put it as boring football but in my mind it's just playing the right the right the right way honestly he's already learned because he wasn't saying it wasn't boring <laughs> he wasn't saying it wasn't boring before right. Gordon. he's yeah. already learned. and listen that's the that's what and you obviously you don't want your quarterback to be hurt but the fact that he did get hurt and he sat probably an extra week, Gordon, because I, I kind of feel he could have played last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the fact that he sat down and looked and he's seen, sorry, LeBron, not one, not two, but three different quarterbacks run the system and have success. Once again, leading the league 
with yardage since his absence, it really says a lot about how this offense should work. And so uh, hopefully when he gets behind there for Jet fans, he understands what he's got to do. He can see it more clearly. Yeah. Joe Flacco last week threw for 290 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, did have the one turnover. If Zach Wilson can go out and do that, not even I'm not even saying win the game. Right. But if he can just go out there and do that, that will be a huge step forward from where he has been. And it can't be, you know, it can't be the the first half, first drive looks terrible, like going no place for the first half of the game, and then all of a sudden things get rolling. I want to see it right off the bat. I, I want to see – I mean, this is the Houston Texans you're playing. Yeah. Wilson was asked, how will you view success for the rest of the season? Really just the operation. You know, the, the way I'm going to grade myself on every single play is, did I put my team in the best play based on the decision that I made? And, and really that just goes back to, it doesn't always have to be an explosive or a completion or whatever. Did I put my team in the best decision to be successful? I'm very curious to see if they're going to do some things to roll him out, Gordon, if they're going to do some things, or they're going to try to lock him in the pocket a little bit more. I'm, I'm very curious to see how this game plan is going to be Sunday. Yeah, um, you know, Houston has played a little bit better overall, So, uh, but they are, I mean, they're one of the worst teams. Now, they've really been horrendously bad on the road. They've not been as bad at home, mm-hmm. um, so maybe that's something that uh, will be an issue. But, uh, yeah, no, look, the, the Jets find it a way to keep it interesting, even for a team that's, you know, got, to, what, two wins and is not going anywhere. They are. They make it interesting during the week. I don't know necessarily they've made it interesting on Sundays, but uh, <laughs> during the week they certainly have come up with things that, that make you interested. And, and, and watching Zach Wilson now as we get into week 12 of the season, rookie quarterback, you got to see something here. Right now he, he's had a chance to play. He's had a chance to sit. And if he doesn't go out there and play well this week, considering the opponent, considering the time off, Man, that's, again, not a great sign. It isn't. It isn't. And so hopefully for Jet fans, he'll he'll show them something. And, but defensively, listen, Tyrod Taylor can move. Gordon, he, he's a guy that can run with the football. He does some things. He, look, it's not a great team, but this is not a great defense either. So, you know, they, they can give up some points. This is not going to be easy. Not going to be easy. No, um, but, um, you know, it's all about – the rest of the season is all about Zach Wilson. Absolutely. Right? I mean, yep. we're almost, it's almost like we're back where we began mm-hmm. uh, with just watching the quarterback, seeing how it develops, seeing – not about wins and losses per se, but just seeing things get better. So he's had, uh, he's had a little bit of a respite here. Hopefully he's over it, and this is the last time we'll, we'll see him on the sidelines, and uh, the Jets got to find out about this guy here. Now, Gordon, I, listen, I think uh, – PR PR folks try to do as best a job as they can with their coaches and whatnot, especially in the National Football League. But, Gordon, there's got to be a better way for coaches to say what they have to say without it sounding ludicrous. And and I and I use today's uh, situation with Robert Sala talking about Joe Flacco. And clearly he's not going to say, well, no, we didn't need you. I didn't want Joe Flacco on this team. <laughs> he's not going to say that. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna say, listen, we want him here. It was a big, wasn't a big risk, blah, blah, blah. But So he's going to be positive about the guy that's on his team. But there's got to be a way where he doesn't come off looking as though you, you, you listen to him and say, what are you talking about? You, if you wanted him, you could have got him at the beginning of the season. So what, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying, Gordon? There's got to yeah. be a way where where he doesn't come off looking like he's a joke. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, look, he's been. If everybody's not put, if everybody's not on the same page when it comes to moves, mm-hmm. uh, this is the type of thing when you're going to be the point man and you're going to have to go out there and, and explain it. And we've seen that at various times with, with Aaron Boone. We've seen it with other managers or head coaches where they have to kind of be the point man. And you know that what they're saying is probably not truthful to 100%, but they're the ones that kind of have to answer those questions. So, um, yeah, Sal has been put in a tough spot. You know, the fact that uh, they could have had Flacco at any point, they could have had a veteran quarterback at any point, and then they get him uh, and they give up a sixth-round pick and they make it out like, wow, the sixth-round pick, that's no big deal considering how much these teams love these draft picks. And mm-hmm. then they get a guy who's unvaccinated and now is yeah. not gonna be, looks like he's not going to be available. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, uh, I, I, they get him. He doesn't play the first two games. Mm-hmm. Then when they finally do go to him, it's like the worst time to go to him after you've seen Mike White and everybody wanted to see Mike White again. And now he's he's out because he's uh, hanging out with Mike White. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. It is. It's just, you know, I just it's just, you know, Gordon, you feel for him because there's people say, oh, yo, why don't you say this? Would you say that to your boss (laughs) (laughs) on your job? No, you wouldn't. But I do understand the frustration. There just has to be a better way for you to kind of you know, massage it. You know what I'm saying, Gordon? Right. So that yeah. you're He's, protected because you're the one that's out there looking like, and you must, these coaches must walk away from these, these, these press conferences. Like, God, I, I hate doing this. Why, why me? Can <laughs> well, I just put a statement out? <laughs> hey, look, I mean, he wouldn't be the first guy to come in and Hey, everybody, you know, I'll, I'll show you the film anytime you want to stop exactly. by. Exactly. And then by year two, it's like, they're not doing the weekly spot. They're not doing this. They're not, <laughs> You know, for him to say that Joe Flacco, I believe the line was he's worth his weight in gold. Yes. Even though he wasn't available for the first two games. Yeah. And he's not going to be available for this game. Exactly. Yeah, I don't – it's hard to take people seriously when they – It's hard. And he's the head coach. So, you're, like, you're looking you're – looking, and this is his first job, Gordon. So, you're like, wait a minute, what is he talking about? He better have some success because – <laughs> It might be hard to get rehired after he moves on. Yeah. Uh, well, it's look, tough. It, yeah. Uh, again, it's all about how Zach Wilson plays. But yeah, this yep. is not one. Of, this is not one that you're going to look back on and say, mm-hmm. "Oh, that was a that was a good good moment there." Right? No, no. It, it was a tough one. It was a tough one. ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for allowing us to be a part of your Thanksgiving Eve, whether you're, you know, doing some stuff around the kitchen, getting ready for tomorrow, setting the table, place settings, having pie on like Michael K, whatever you're doing. Thanks for allowing us to be a part of it here on 98.7 ESPN. The more Michael, the, I'm, you know, I've known Michael Gordon for a while. Let's, let's put it that way. I'm going to put mm-hmm. numbers on a while. I learn more and more about him every day listening to that show. Yeah, well, I, I can't more say that I've never had apple pie. I'm not – I, I kind of see his point on the pie thing. I'm much more – like, if you give me cake or pie, I'm going cake. You're going cake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily the biggest pie guy. Yeah. I love pies. Yeah? Oh. You know what it is? It, it, they don't really line up. I'm not a pumpkin guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not a pecan guy. Mm-hmm. Um, apple, who doesn't love a good piece of apple pie? That's fantastic. Well, we know one person. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's weird he says he doesn't like pie, and then he's like, I've only had two pies. Is two enough yeah. to know that you don't like pie? No, not really. I don't no. think so. 
the best line, but and there were a bunch of great lines in in them, and we'll get to the calls in a second. There were a bunch of great lines in finding out about more about Michael K's dietary menu. Yeah, that, that's a. But but the one of the day was he doesn't eat peaches because they have hair on. <laughs> well, look, everybody's got their thing, Larry. Michael's got a lot of them when it comes to food. I mean, this is that was pretty, outstanding. I, it's pretty I, well documented. I, almost, I, I was a good thing. <laughs> I, I almost lost my water when he said that. that yeah. Was pretty good. It's pretty good. Let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Danny's in Yonkers. He starts us off on ESPN New York tonight. What's up, Dan? Hey, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, Danny. Same to you. Go ahead. Uh, so I've called you guys before, and you both told me I was crazy. But I feel like the Jets... Again, with Zach Wilson, the way the reason they keep ruining quarterbacks is because they're not ready to draft one. Like they're not. It's like a, a when you're 16 years old and you're you're not mature enough to have the fast, nice car. I feel like the the coaches are always in their first or second year, and they're always gonna be fired after one or two years. And the Jets just aren't ready for a quarterback. I'd like to see them draft a quarterback when they have a coach that's been there for four years, and you know a bunch of first and second round picks on the old line and some established receivers instead of just throwing a rookie quarterback out there with a team that's trash and then he's going to be gone in three years. The coach is going to be gone in two years and on and on and on. Well, look, Danny, I'm not telling you you're crazy. In a perfect world, that would be great, but it's hard to get four years as your head coach in the same job when you don't have a quarterback, right? I mean, like – and 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 not having the other pieces around Zach Wilson at this point, it's not from a lack of draft picks. I mean, they had a what did they have nine or ten this year? They had mm-hmm. like nine or ten last year. Um, I think even the year before that, they had like six or seven. So they've had a and they've had high picks, right? I mean, they've had a lot of high picks here over the last decade. And you're right. Yeah, I mean, they're just not a very yeah. talented team. Yeah, I mean, except for Moore, who looks like a stud. How many second-round wide receivers do we take that are just – they can't even see the field? Devin Smith, Stephen Hill. Like, it just goes on and on and on. Right. Denzel Mims. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, uh, McCagnin was terrible. I mean, he did a terrible job. Uh, you got to give uh, Joe Douglas a little bit more time. I think you're starting to see some of the – the fruits of that, maybe. Uh, there's a long way to go. I mean, the you know, the Jets have had – you go through the, the, the last, like, two or three guys that have been running the show there. They've been yeah. dreadful. Like, Idzik was terrible. He was. And he then really somehow – I forgot about that guy. It, right. They somehow followed him up with somebody who was, all, if not as bad, even worse. So yeah, he was. Thanks for the call, Danny. I don't yeah, need to remind Larry. Know, Larry knows it too well. Oh, please. I, I was there for most of them. <laughs> I was Remember there for that most press of conference Inzik had, <laughs> uh, where it was clear that he was like tanking, but you're like, ah, he's probably going to survive the year. And then he had that press conference, like everybody's like, oh my god, we got to get rid of this guy. This guy's yeah. terrible. So he's brutal. Yeah, and he it's... was like, I'm getting rid of everybody because I'm bringing in my coach. Mm. <laughs> I'm not working with Rex. Mm. <laughs> I'm bringing in my own coach. Yeah, and then he got he got uh, no, he sorry. got canned as well. Right. <laughs> That's right. Goodbye. See ya. Yeah. Dustin's in Long Island. Hey, Dustin, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys. What's going on? I just want to talk about the Bills-Saints game. I mean, tomorrow's games, the first two games aren't very appealing, I don't think, to many people, especially the Lions game. Um, But I think with the Bills and the Saints game, I think it's pretty much like a a must-win for both of these teams. I mean, not in the sense of for playoff contention, but, 
you know, both teams are struggling right now. The Saints, they got Simeon as a quarterback, who's playing okay. And, you know, after last week with Buffalo, um, I think both these teams are going to come out with a lot of fire. And both teams got to step up. I mean, I think Josh Allen's really got to step up from how he's played the last few weeks. He has been playing that great. I called yesterday and I was talking about how I believe that they can fix their situation was by not becoming so pass heavy and using Josh Allen's legs. And I think that that's how they're going to, that's how they can beat the Saints. Um, Cause if you look what Philadelphia did with Jalen Hurts, I mean, they beat up the Saints. I think Buffalo is capable of doing that. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be the same, you know, type of score that the Eagles did, but I think the Bills are going to take that game. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? You want to go first, Larry? Yeah, I tell you what. Um, and thanks for the phone call. I agree with you. I really believe, though, that it, Buffalo may, you know, yeah, Buffalo needs this game too because Gordon, very quietly, New England is rolling. Yep. And and so you've you've not played well. New Orleans really, really needs the game because they're five and five, and 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 the NFC is still open. So if they put a couple of wins together, they can still be okay. I'm very curious to see if how they're going to use Taysom Hill in this game against Buffalo, Gordon, because. Buffalo's Buffalo's defense took a big hit last week against the run uh, against Indy, against Indy, and you know that's what Hill does. He does very well that wildcat change of pace thing. He he's a better runner than he is a thrower. There's no question about no question. that. Which is why Trevor Simeon is back there starting. Uh, but he had listen. He had three. He had four touchdowns last week. Three passing and one running. So this Bills team. This is going to be. I agree with him. This is going to be an interesting game. And yeah, Josh Allen's got to get back on track. And I'm very curious to see how they're going to do it. I'm, I'm curious. The big thing for me is this defense. How, how is this Bills defense going to respond? Yeah, I mean, considering that they have lost to the Jaguars and the way they got just manhandled last week against the Colts, this to me is maybe it's not a must-win game, but it's pretty darn close to a must-win game for the Bills because after this, they get the Patriots twice, the Buccaneers in a span of a month. Uh, and all mm. of a sudden, you know, after you've lost to the Jaguars the way you lost to them, slept, walked through that Dolphin game, but the Dolphins are so bad you were able to win that, and then you just get just destroyed by the Colts at home. Uh, you know, they just ran up one side of you and ran down the other. I think this is a very important game for the Bills' psyche. I think it's very important for Josh Allen to get back on track with all his weapons kind of back and healthy now. They have to kind of somehow establish somewhat of a running game. And for the Saints – they're really banged up. Alvin Kamara is out. The uh, the mm-hmm. other running back that they have, he's questionable for the game as well. So, And they don't have a lot of weapons to begin with. Nope, now, they have a pretty good defense, so it should be a challenge there. But, no, this is a game that the Bills should go out there. If they're not going to do it this time, this game, after the performance they put up last week and where they're at with the Patriots passing them by, then it's really time to be concerned about the Buffalo Bills. I agree with you. And with New England, you know Belichick has studied Josh Allen. <laughs> I can't imagine what he's going to show Josh Allen when they play each other. I can't imagine what yeah. that's going to look like. Yeah, they got they got a real te- – I mean, between the two Patriot games and the Buccaneers game, then that one's on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is crisis time. You know, the Bills, I said it last night, you know, when they beat the, the Chiefs earlier this year, it was like week five or six, and they were mm-hmm. so open about, oh, this was such a big game. You can't have a big no. – if you're the Bills, you can't have a big game in week five or week six. It doesn't happen until later on or really until the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, they got to get back on track. It, it, it's kind of it's kind of snuck up on them a little bit. Like they lost that Titans game – 
uh, the way that they did. I didn't think that that was a bad loss. It was on the road, even though you were right there. The Jaguar loss was terrible, and then the way they lost last week was just brutal. So they got a, they got work to do. And I'm still curious about this Raiders Cowboys game. I mean, I know yeah, he, he poo pooed it a little bit, but yeah. uh, you no, know, I, I, I want. I think it's going to be interesting because I listen. The Raiders are in trouble, Gordon. I mean, they, they yeah. Need, they need. I know the AFC is wide open, but it's closing in some spots, and they have to get on. They have to try to get you know, put some wins together, string some wins together. And for the Cowboys, it's it's really about you know it's it's about uh, maintaining what they did. Okay, they had the bad loss, and boy, did they avenge it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So we'll see how they. You know, we'll see how they're going to respond. I mean, you know, the 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 loss at Kansas City, obviously, you know, it wasn't great. They didn't play well. Uh, and CD C, uh, CD Lamb supposed to be available, so that also will help them clearly. Yeah, if he's he- if he's healthy, that would be great. But uh, yeah, they've. Uh, I mean, and it, it kind of feeds into your preconceived notions about who the Cowboys are. You know, mm-hmm. when the Cowboys get off to a good start and they're doing, all, they're scoring a bunch of points early on in the year. There's always a sense, I think, for most people. Yeah, let's see. You know, let's see when it gets cold. Let's see what happens in November or December. There always seems to be a bit of a fade there with the Cowboys. So. Uh, another important game for them, too. Uh, now, their schedule is not nearly as difficult the right. rest of the way. They still get Washington. They still get the Giants. I think they get Washington twice. Um, so they do have some other spots where if they were to lose this game, I think they'd still be in okay shape. But, no, I mean, you don't want to let this, you know, a- after a week in which you go into Kansas City and you get shut down by the Chiefs' defense, Yeah, uh, that you don't want that to uh, to linger any further. But if you're a Cowboys fan like our Ray Santiago, the positive thing is your defense didn't play badly against Kansas City. No, no, that you they kept you, you in the game. They did their job. Uh, it's just that your offense could not. I mean, I don't think they had a, pl- a single play in that game of 20 yards. For the Cowboys' offense, with all the weapons they have and their offense, and their offensive line got you know just pushed yeah, around in that game. So Chris Jones was outstanding. Oh in that my game. gosh, he was everywhere. He was everywhere. I broke it down to three different ways that I think specifically Jason failed. One, a lack of creativity. I'm talking pre-snap motion or after-snap motion. The, the Giants under him have been in the bottom five when it comes to usage. That we're just in a different time in the NFL. We have been for about three years with that. Lack of evolution. You know, how are you going to evolve your offensive philosophy from 10 years ago when you were with the Dallas Cowboys? Different formations, more use of the RPO, the quick game passing, you know, the vertical shots in your play action game. There was no evolution within the offense. And then development. And there was a significant lack of development from Daniel Jones under his tutelage. And it's a results-based business. Guys, and we know that. I've talked extensively of how I feel he uses people poorly. Outside of that Carolina game, he failed to use his guys the right way. Dan Olofsky on the Michael K Show, citing all the reasons why Jason Garrett will be spending Thanksgiving with the family and not trying to break down film for the Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. It's ESPN New York tonight, Hardesty and Damon until the top of the hour, then it's Radiant Fitz on 98.7. And Gordon, I think he brought it down. He broke it down pretty well. That's exactly what was going on. A team that never scored thirty points while he was here. That's yeah, rough. yeah. I mean, they, they. It was a. It was a move that when it was made, it was questioned. Uh, it was a move that was questioned throughout that first season, where the I think the Giants' offense overall was thirty first in the NFL, and it's been questioned. I think just about every single week this year, and. 
a lot, you know, I, I think the difference a lot of times between good teams and bad teams is with good teams, people question the moves that they make, but you know what? The team knows better than the people questioning them. Mm-hmm. With the Giants, it's just the opposite. Every mm-hmm. single question that we have about the Giants a lot of times turns out to be right from the, the decision to, um, to obviously, Saquon. I mean, I don't think that there's been a topic that has been questioned more than taking Saquon number two overall in that draft yep. or sticking with Eli for an extra season or, you know, the, the, the bringing in Jason Garrett was certainly another one of those areas. So it just seems like every time that there are those questions and it's, it, it comes up repeatedly, it's that the organization was wrong and it, it falls in line. That move falls in line with so many of the other moves. You know, the Giants like to hire people that they have a connection with. Mm-hmm. And that I think that the fact that he was a, you know, played for the Giants for a short while, um, I, I think that that probably played a role. Now, I, I got to be honest. When the move was made, I didn't think it was the worst move in the world because at least he brought a level of credibility, even if he wasn't the most imaginative play caller. But right. obviously, that was not the case. I mean, it did not. Uh, it did not. And and the only thing now is, well, now it's on everybody else. Mm-hmm. Now it's on everybody else. And and now go. All right, let's go see this. This ah, uh, what you're saying by firing him is is that it should be way better than what it has been. Yeah. Okay, show me that. And. Hopefully, if you're a Giant fan, this will make Daniel Jones way better than how he's been. That'll be interesting to see as well. I do think with 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 Garrett that, that there's at least the possibility that he – now, look, he was a conservative play caller the entire time, but I think part of the reason why he was so conservative with Jones is that the biggest issue when he got here was the fumbles. Yes, and the turnovers in general, but mostly the fumbles. And he wanted mm-hmm. to stay away from that, and he wanted to protect. So he wasn't going to be calling risky things. Well, now, with Jason Garrett out, and you're saying that it should be better than it is, now it's kind of time to trust Daniel Jones. And, and let's find out once and for all. I didn't think you had to trust Daniel Jones 100% and just throw whatever you had to throw at him at the beginning of the season. But we're, I mean, we're more than midway through year number three of Daniel Jones. Now it's time to throw the things that you can throw at him and, and force him to make the plays that you need to him, uh, any quarterback to make, to lift this offense to a res- just a respectable level, just like a mediocre level. That would be a huge step forward. And he's got to do it whether they have Saquon Barkley doing what he can do or not. You know, yep. th- this is really incumbent upon. Let's see what Daniel Jones can do. Can Daniel Jones be a quarterback that can put a team on his shoulder and march them down the field and win some games? We don't know that yet. Now, we've seen him. He's been better. He's had stretches where he's been really, really good. But, Gordon, uh, are we ready to say that he's that he's been great? No. 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 We, no. we can only say that he's been pretty good and is pretty good enough for you to say, this is my franchise quarterback. In a year, unfortunately for you, where you have a couple of draft choices in the first round, but the quarterbacks, Gordon, are not as heralded as they've been the past couple of seasons. No, this is not a great year for – it doesn't seem like – now, look, sometimes it seems that way, and then the draft process goes along, and, and sometimes it's not right either. Like, it's mm-hmm. a, a lot of times there's quarterbacks that are talked about, and, and it just doesn't turn out that way. I think his first year, Daniel Jones's first year, was surprisingly good. Uh, yep. I didn't think that he would play as well as he did that first season. But since that point, there's nobody who can tell you. Now, you can come up with all the excuses you want. Well, you know, it's the offensive line. It's Jason Garrett. Well, 
outside of Jason Garrett, all those things are going to remain the same. And, and, and now you kind of have to evaluate it. He has not been good the last two years. He has not been part of the solution for the New York Giants. And there's no person, offensive coordinator, head coach, that's more responsible for that, like fixing the ills of the team, than the quarterback and how he plays. And he has not been able to do that over the last two years. He's not been good. No. He's been very inconsistent. And it's and I think, and we get to the calls in a second, I think this last game was so indicative of him on a Monday night. You see him, they have some nice plays, and then he'll throw the ball, and you're like, Gordon, you're sitting there, you're like, what do you what do you what do you see to make you throw the ball there? I know you didn't I know you didn't throw it there intentionally because you're not stupid. What did you see? You just want to sit and look in his brain. <laughs> right. And said, so what did he see? Now, one play, as we talked about last night, I saw him predetermined he followed the receiver across the field. So the defender just followed followed his eyes and jumped around. Okay, that you 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 know. But why were you why were you why does he always want to seem to thread the needle? There's two people on this guy. Somebody's got one on one coverage. Go the other way. I mean, it's it, and I know it's not that simple, Gordon. I know it isn't because there's pressure in the back of your mind. Is the, can the offensive line sustain it? Am I going to get hit? I mean, I, it's just so many things that goes goes through his mind. But his his completion percentage is not bad. See, that's the other thing that you saw in his first year. He completed a pretty good amount of his passes. It's just the turnovers and the bad decisions have killed him. They've killed him. Yeah, they're brutal in the red zone. I mean, he's on pace for this year to throw 15 touchdowns. As the starting quarterback, I mean, now, I mean, I mean, he missed a game, okay, but I mean, he's on pace to throw 15 touchdowns. This after a year where he threw 11. I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's not been good. It's just not been good. Uh, Chris and is the, a, yeah, and go the real scary thing, Larry, I'm sorry uh -huh. to interrupt, is mm -hmm. that I'm pretty convinced that he's coming back no matter what. I would yeah. be like if you, if I had to ask you like everybody right now is saying that Joe Judge is safe barring I mean some Jordan Renan was on with uh, with Chris and Dave early in the morning I think it was mm -hmm. either Monday or Tuesday and said you know barring something like just ca catastrophic Judge is coming back I, I don't know that nobody asked him the question about Daniel Jones but it kind of feels like given who the Giants are given what they invested on Daniel Jones I'd be surprised if that's not the case with him too. Well, they still have. Well, they have that year. Yeah, I mean, no, this would I be get that, it. You know that maybe maybe it. that's what they're thinking in the back of their mind. Okay, let's see. But then again, all right, if he if he is unable, whoever's calling plays, is if any key, whoever's calling right. plays on that giant staff is unable to get them going to get to their high priced free agent and their big rookie wide receiver, then maybe he is. Then maybe he won't be back. I'd be very surprised. They might end up cleaning the house, depending on the record. Mm. I mean, Gordon, if they win two more games, I mean, come on. Does, does Judge deserve to come back? And I'm not well, calling for his job, but I'm Dave saying. Dave specifically asked Jordan if they only win one more game. And Jordan, the way it seemed like, he laid it out like, no, it would have to almost be like a locker room revolt. That, that, the, the, that's the only way that, that Joe Judge would not be back. Like, it would have to be just – it wouldn't just be like, hey, we only won one or two games the, the rest of the way. It would have to be even worse than that. I disagree. <laughs> They're already, what, 18 and 40? Yeah, the that's with Gettleman. Yeah, well, no, Gettleman's done. I mean, that, that story's been written. That, that, there's nothing to – like, 
you ever see like an action movie where you're, yeah, you're yeah, saying yeah. to yourself, there's no way he can get out of this. And then all of a sudden they show a different angle and he jumped yeah. on a tree or, you know, he jumped out of the car before it went over the cliff. Yeah. There's nothing that can save Dave Gettleman. He has to be out after this season. He, he might have a little MacGyver in him, Gordon. No, there's no MacGyver. <laughs> Absolutely not. None. And I get two years. With, I get two years is not enough time for you to see what what the head coach can do. But listen, it was plenty enough to, for the Jets to see what they did with Gase. <laughs> it was plenty to see Pat Shermer, right? I yeah, mean, it was plenty for Pat Shermer. Ma- McAdoo as well, and McAdoo yeah. went to the playoffs the first year. Like exactly. that's what he was talking. That that was the point that Jordan made. It has to be like something like the McAdoo where he benched Eli, and then they were like, "Oh God, we got to get this guy out of here." Yeah, but you let him bench Eli. He didn't right. just bench Look, Eli on his own. Yeah, he had no. to get permission to bench yeah, Eli. Stop. No, it's, it's come on. Uh, it's a uh, it's a mess. It's a mess. He, he he's like he's like a favorite son of ownership. Eli was. But that's another thing that plays for for judges' favor. You know they don't want to fire a third coach after two years. Okay. Yeah, I know they don't want to, but you know. <laughs> look, I'm not telling you it's the right thing. No, no, There's no. There's a no. difference between what I think is right and what I think no, is no, going to no. happen, and unfortunately. I got you. I got you. From all the signs, he's coming back. No, I know. I, I know. I put you in a weird spot defending yeah, right. the Maris. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety-eight point seven ESPN.